after pretty much everyone's off the bus except for Joan Cusack and uh, Farmer Ted. Isn't that so random though? That's Joan Cusack there with that neck, neck brace. brace. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even explain it. It's just oh. like, here's Joan Cusack. She's in a neck brace. <laughs> no explanation needed. What happened to her? We don't know. <laughs> we have literally no backstory. We other don't than even she, know her name. Other than she can't drink out of the water fountain later on in the movie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're joining us here. You love romantic comedies, which is amazing news because we do as well. So, this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide does it still hold up? Today we have 16 Candles. We almost did that like the song 16 Candles. No? Okay. There's a right. song called 16 Candles? They play it like twice in this movie. Oh. Uh, Wow, Sarah. I had no idea. How dare you? If you are listening to us on Spotify right now, make sure you follow. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review as well. And if you want to reach out, I mean, you can do that through reviews. We read all of them and we love all of them, but unless you're mean, we don't love those, but that's okay too. Um, but you can reach out on Instagram at Romcom Rewind and TikTok at Romcom Rewind. Uh, a little while ago, Cassie reached out. Said, I just recently discovered you guys through TikTok, and let me tell you, you both make my day at work go by so fast. I've finished mostly all the episodes, and every time I hear your podcast, I go home and watch the movies that y'all talked about. One request, Cassie wants to hear, there's something about Mary, or she wants to, yeah, That's she wants us to redo there's something about Mary. I think I have that one on DVD. Again, no DVD player, but I do have that on DVD. <laughs> Such How a good do we one. even? Oh my God! Is this not a 2021 moment? I think my PlayStation might play DVDs. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the only thing. Our laptops don't. Yeah. So Instagram's a great way to reach out. But today we have 16 Candles. It's our first John Hughes movie. It is his first John Hughes movie I was as well. <laughs> it's a 1984 American coming-of-age romantic comedy. It was written and directed by John Hughes in his directorial debut. And 16 Candles follows the story of Sam Baker, played by Molly Ringwald. I think every time I say Molly Ringwald, we need like a harp in the background or something. She's on the same level as Julia Roberts in my mind. Sam Baker is a sophomore in high school. It's her 16th birthday today, but it appears her family has completely forgotten about her 16th birthday. As her sister is getting married the next day, that kind of demands a lot of the attention. Family is staying in town. It's very hectic. So 16 Candles joins our friend Sam Baker as she navigates her, I guess, teen angstiness. There's also a little bit of a love triangle between uh, her and somebody named Ted, who is your classic nerdy freshman, played by Anthony Michael Hall. We also have Jake Ryan, swoonworthy, played by Michael Schaffling. Jake is just the high school thirst trap. And this movie's tough. I don't want to say too much more without ruining it. I mean, it is like a 35-year-old movie, so I'm assuming you've watched it by now. But what are your thoughts on 16 Candles? The story of a girl who's stuck with a guy who's driving her crazy. Nice manners, babe. And stuck on a guy she's crazy about. Who's Jake? Jake Ryan. Jake's my boy. Jake is a senior, and he's beautiful and perfect. He doesn't even know you exist. He smiles at me, and I don't say anything. Can't believe I'm such a jerk. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. It's bad for your complexion. You know Samantha Baker? Kids are looking at me a lot. It's kind of cool the way she's always looking at me. Maybe this she's movie retarded. is, yeah, 1984. It's 
it's a cult classic this movie this movie is you know the the rat pack the john hughes took this cast and really used it in all of his other movies that he did during this time including you know the breakfast club and weird science um this movie's good there's a lot about it though and i have to say this up front that did not age well yes and we do you know touch on it here and there but um a lot didn't age well but it it still is that cult classic that 80s vibe the like it's a good watch um other than those pieces that didn't age well but yeah you know otherwise it's yeah it's it's probably what high school was during the 80s first off i think movies in the 80s and even into the 90s the premise was always so damn simple it's it's actually really refreshing you know i think about some of the movies the 2010s rom-coms we've done they became very like specifically I'm, I'm thinking about one where it's like okay there's a girl who's not that cool she hates love she bonks her head one day ends up in a stereotypical fantasy oh rom-com God. world where she's the star of a romantic comedy but she realizes through all these cliched moments and BS that she really just loves her co-worker Adam Devine but she ultimately needs <laughs> to learn to love herself to make her way out of this rom-com world and this movie is like alright listen there's a girl she turned 16 nobody noticed and she loves that guy over there that's the whole movie. It is. That's and, all this is. And it takes, like, like what? It, the whole entire movie is about, you know, I would say 36 to 48 hours. No, not 30, even. 36 20, hours? Yeah, maybe? yeah. Around 36, 40 hours. That's it. Like, that is the premise of this movie. And I like it. The simplicity of, of the story itself. It really gave the ability for the characters to to make the movie their own they didn't have to rely on all these other things around them that's that that are keeping it the movie busy it really had to do with the characters themselves and and how good they were yeah and the writing and and the character development and you know you had buy-in to watch this movie from the very beginning and it was so simple but it was so good you also touched on something else john hughes i think was the feel of the 80s like like he was the vibe. And just like I think how we talked about a few episodes ago, uh, I think Clueless kind of captured how the 90s felt in a really iconic way. But also, Clueless spurred along a lot of the trends of the 90s. Like, Clueless wasn't just the 90s. The 90s became the way Clueless was, if that makes sense. I think it's the same thing where, like, this movie was the 80s, but I think it impacted the 80s in a way that they kind of replicated it. Like, John Hughes... And the 80s are synonymous now. They are each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're right. I think, um, and, I, and I think that's, it's probably true for every generational movie, right? Like Any, any generational mov- director, for sure. Right, yeah. yeah. Like any movie that comes out and, and, you know, hits it with a splash, you're going to want the dress that they wore. You're going to want the suits that they wore. You're going to want to do your hair the way that their hair was. And, and I think it, like, there's a lot of movies during the 80s and 90s, and you look back and you're like, that is the essence of that time period. Yeah. And and these movies that John Hughes did form, yeah, part of the 80s for sure. Is it, like, I'm thinking about more recently, Judd Apatow, maybe in a tiny way, like oh with Superbad. Superbad was a movie that was like, <laughs> wow, was. you captured a moment here oh my God. of high school during this yes, time period, and it's just time. very real. Yeah, and you have to remember, all of these movies were saying that they capture the time period. Of course, they're dramatically emphasized. Mm, you know, over-exaggerated. Like, sure, over-exaggerated. Yeah. But 
for the most part, like the, the general essence of it is, is there underneath, you know, but they're very dramatized. <laughs> yeah, we got to remember that. Like people did not walk around high school like the way Cher walked around high school. No, yeah, she was she was maximum 90s. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's take that with point. a grain of salt. As if. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this movie... We start off this movie in a moment of chaos in this household. It's the Baker household. Sam Baker wakes up. It's They've her woken six- up. They've woken up. It's her 16th birthday, and nobody cares because her sister is getting married. And, yeah, it's chaotic. Everybody, I think they only have one bathroom, from what we can tell. <laughs> and everybody's trying to get into it. And, of course, the bride, because it's her day tomorrow. She still lives at home. And, um, yeah, I think there's four kids. Three girls, one boy. Before the podcast, Sarah had a problem with the bride still living at home. So yeah, no, 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 I didn't have a problem. No, I didn't have a problem with her still living at home because traditionally, like if you think about it, she still lived at home because she wasn't married yet. She wasn't married yet, and a lot of times, if you were traditional, you know, you'd follow that. That once you got married, you would then you know, move in with your significant other. Mm-hmm. And that's changed. I mean, we lived together before we were married for for a few years. Living in sin. How dare us. Oh, my God. God. Um, but, yeah, so things have changed. It was more of an observation. Okay. I had no just, qualms just with that. squeeze that in there. I had no qualms with her still living at home by any means. It was more just an observation. Like, oh, yeah, like societal times, they've changed, right? Like things have changed. And certain people hate their traditional. Absolutely. Like, you know, they don't move in together until they're married. Um but some who are not as traditional have have kind of changed changed it up. Very nice presidential speech. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Congressperson Sarah, good job. <laughs> Thank that was you nice. so much. Well, well put. We'll we'll have the music through that whole thing. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So you'll notice she's on the phone in the morning with her friend talking about how like her parents are totally going to remember her 16th birthday. And later on in the movie, you kind of find out that she's hoping for her 16th birthday, a car, which she totally can't drive because she doesn't have her her license yet. But um, she's talking on the phone in her bedroom on a phone line. She has her own phone line. She has a separate line, which her dad even mentions. Like, I don't get why she gets a separate phone line. I noticed right away because I always wanted a separate line growing up. It kind of opens with that, kind of her saying like, oh my God, everybody's going to like be so happy for me because I'm 16. It's my sweet 16. Like, I can't wait. And then she goes out and literally nobody remembers. Everybody's just going along with their own lives. And... Who married her? Mr. T. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll have to buy lunch today. I didn't have time to fix your carrots. Yeah, well, she's only eating carrots to increase the size of her breasts. Mister, you had better shape up or you will miss your sister's wedding. Promise? Now, don't give me that pouty look of yours. You can eat your carrots when you get home. That's it? You don't have anything else to say to me today? What would you like me to say, Sam? Come on now, honey. You're going to miss the bus. Have a good day. It's chaos. In it is. Yeah. And so she goes to school and it shows her in class filling out this like questionnaire, which I have a question. You have a question about the questionnaire. I, no, no, this no. This is question well, <laughs> well, I have a question about the questionnaire, but I also have a question about the class she was in. Because we should fill out a survey about the question about the questionnaire she, just to really get a good scope you. of what yes, we're talking about. Yes. She is sitting in class. Yeah. As a sophomore, but yeah. Jake's in that class too, and he's a senior. Yeah. I, I think, don't understand didn't that. Didn't somebody mention it, how like he failed in electives, so he just had to pick up a stupid class? Oh, see, I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. I was very perplexed as to why he was there, and then they go on to say that he's a senior, and I was like, why would he be in the same class as her being a sophomore? Yeah. 
Like, I not even a junior class. Somebody makes a mention of it in, like, literally one line of dialogue. Oh, okay. Well, that solves, I guess, that entire question. <laughs> um, like, ridiculous. I have more questions about what the F that class was. Well, Because yes. it was a questionnaire about... Was it sex ed? I don't, I don't... I don't know, but in the background... No, no, no. That was a... So that was a questionnaire that her friend had given her to fill out in that class. And then after she filled out, filled it out, she had to pass it along to her, her friend. Like, it had nothing to do with the actual class. Wait, they were just passing notes. I'm sorry. She mm-hmm. was filling out a questionnaire mm-hmm. about her sex life yeah. from her friend? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It said it no was idea. anonymous, though. Well, yeah. It's just kind of like in between... <laughs> what? I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah, because when they go school. out of the classroom, she's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so gave me this to fill out during this class, and I'm supposed to give it to you to fill out next class. I'm so lost. But I then, did not. I thought that was a school thing, and I'm like, that's also, creepy. Also, I feel like they could have done so much more with that note. What do you mean? Because the note, Jake picks it up. So so this is the catalyst for our love triangle. Yes. I had to name who I'd do it with if I ever did it. Who'd you name? Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. He doesn't even know you exist. Thank you. That's a very nice thing to say. I'm sorry, but Jake Ryan, he's a senior and he's taken. I mean, really taken. No, it's supposed to be my ideal. He's ideal for sure, but forget it. Molly Ringwald harps. Her character, Sam Baker, fills out saying that she wants to bang Jake Ryan. And he happens to be right behind her in class. Yeah. And she tries to hand it back to her friend and it falls. Mm -hmm. And her friend doesn't notice, and Jake Ryan nabs it. So, of course, he reads and realizes, oh, my God, this random lady, Sam Baker, loves me. That's strange. He's intrigued, though. He's, he's not, intrigued. He's not weirded out. He's like, oh, interesting. They could have done so much more. I feel like, I feel like. What okay, else do you want to happen? On, the on. love interest Whoa. got the letters, I know, Sarah. I know. But I feel like if it was fast forward into, like, a 2000s to, like, 2020 move type movie, they would have used that note. And it would have become a big thing. Somebody else would have gotten a hold of it, like the Mean Girls the in mean school, girls. and they would have broadcasted they it on some made a sort of social media. About it. Yes. Yeah, sure, sure. Yes. Yeah. But instead, they just let it die because that was not the important plot of this movie. The important plot of this movie was so much more. It was not specific to that note. I liked that. Like, I feel like I feel like movies these days like would obsess over that note, and that would be like right. so oh much God, bigger than it is. But it didn't need to be bigger. You well, know? at d- you're kind of describing exactly uh, Netflix romantic comedy, P.S. I Love You, where she sends all these letters out and it's a big, oh, is that what you're getting yes. at? Hey, yes. look at you references, that's my, Sarah. That's what I mean. Like they, The whole first movie was just about these letters that yeah. were sent out. Yeah. The entire movie. Whereas this, it could have been about this note that Molly Ringwald's character Sam sent and somebody else picked it up and intercepted and blah, 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 blah. Like... But it wasn't. It was cool. Like I liked I liked that. The simplicity again, right? The simplicity of the premise. Sam Baker likes Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan picked up a note that says Sam Baker likes Jake Ryan. And hey, Jake Ryan kinda likes. <laughs> there we her. go. We're done. <laughs> Look at that. And then it fast forwards to the end of the school day where the introduction of the geek or farmer Ted comes into oh, play. Ted. And because Sam Baker didn't get her didn't get her car on this on her 16th birthday, but also because she literally can't drive, her and her best friend have to take the bus. After pretty much everyone's off the bus except for Joan Cusack and uh, Farmer Ted. Isn't that so random though that's Joan Cusack there with a neck, neck brace? brace? Yeah. And they don't even explain it. It's just like, here's Joan Cusack. She's in a neck brace. No explanation needed. What happened to her? We don't know. <laughs> we have literally no backstory. We other don't than even she, know her name. Other than she can't drink out of the water fountain later on in the movie. <laughs> That's it. 
<laughs> I love how there's no explanation and it's not needed. It's just there's Joan Cusack, neck yeah, brace. Cool. Exactly. Right, I love sweet. it. Like somebody who becomes a massive actress. Like they all become massive. Yeah. It's just crazy. Um, but he comes and sits behind her initial behind Sam Baker initially and kind of starts to try to sweet talk her in his very freshman, non-experienced way. And he asks if she's going to the dance and then then he moves to sit beside her and then he smells her, which is really, really weird. And um, she basically shuts him down. So it's like, go away. Like, get out of my face. So, I mean, what's the story? I mean, you got a guy or? Yes, three big ones and they less went blood. So quit bugging me or I'll stick them all over your weenie ass. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about Ted and I'm specifically going to get more into it at the dance. Got some problems with Ted's character. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah. Like I said earlier, there is a lot in this movie that didn't age well, you know, including, you know, language, um, portrayals of different cultures. Well, so at this point in the movie, we've gone back home and they're at a family dinner and we are introduced to uh, a character. Yes. Yes. And um, the grandparents have um, somebody who is from, I believe it's from China. He's from China. Um, and yeah, portray- the portrayals of different cultures in this movie aren't aren't well done. Um, and the way they talk about women as well, you know, what's okay when women are drunk and it is so not okay. So it's just like, there's lots that kind of didn't age well. Um, so I just wanted to put that, you know, like I said earlier, but I just, yeah, this specific part for sure. We we don't want to be a damper, right? This movie is from the eighties. It was a different time back then, but it's kind of like rewatching it. And that's kind of the point of this podcast. This is a cult classic. Make no mistake about it. But you can't rewatch this movie and not see some things that didn't age well. Yeah. So we just want to make sure that that is apparent. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before that, she goes upstairs to her bedroom thinking that, oh, yeah, I can just go and hang out in my bedroom. No, her grandparents are staying in the bedroom. The worst. They are a lot. They are a lot. They're like talking about. (laughs) So she goes downstairs and her other grandparents are there. And this is where like her grandparents, her grandpa starts talking about her tiny boobs or how she got boobs. How she got boobs. And then the grandma actually touches the boobs. Yeah. Does that happen? Uh, Like I never had that scenario. Oh, no. Okay. That doesn't. Okay. Oh, my God. No. Like, no. I mean, grandparents can be a lot. Like I had my like one of my grandma, like she just like force feed me food because she's like you need to eat more you need to eat more you need to eat more um but like and then when I you know came home from freshman year and I had gained 15 pounds she's like oh you gained 15 pounds and I'm like so now you notice now you now you <laughs> what point do you it want out. what do you want do you want me to not eat <laughs> it was always yeah awkward so we meet yeah long duck dong and every time they say his name throughout this entire movie a There's symbol like a gong, yeah, yeah. A gong chimes um and again it's you know, looking back, it's not, um, it's very stereotypical. So Sam and her sister have a little heart to heart or they try to have a heart to heart because, and this is where I think her sister's a little bit of a bitch. I, yeah, I thought the sister was misplaced a little bit in terms of her emotion. She, she tried to be comforting and then she just put it all on Sam. Like, oh, you're just yeah. jealous of me. And Sam's like, it's my 16th birthday. She doesn't say that, but that's what she's thinking. Her sister kind of says like, oh, you know, you'll find somebody like we've been dating for six months. And I'm like, you've been dating for six months and you're getting married. Oh, and there's a lot of things throughout this movie that make it apparent. This marriage is not going to oh work God. out, guys. Yeah, it's no. a horrible this idea. Is, yes. This and, is bad. And nobody says it. That was one thing I was like, okay, how have none of you realized like this marriage shouldn't happen? He's a douche. Yeah. I think the dad kind of realizes, oh, no, this is not going to work out. But he doesn't really say anything. Sam says at dinner that she's going to leave early because she wants to go to a dance. She wants to go to the dance. Um, and a lot of the movie happens here, too. 
uh, and, and stems from here. And her grandparents um, get her to bring Dong. with her to the to the dance. And um, she reluctantly does so. But at the dance, Jake is dancing with his girlfriend, Carolyn, at the time. And the geek, or Farmer Fred, Farmer Ted, sorry, um, tries to talk to Sam and dance with her. And um, it's the one, dude. Scope it out. She doesn't look like a freshman. Sophomore, dude. Sophomore. Fully aged sophomore meet. We do the bus together. You talk to her. Talk, dude. I have a relationship yeah. with her. Figure to like 17 digits. You are such a liar. We'll see about that, my man. By night's end, I predict me and her will interface. Everything about Ted bugs me, and I know that's kind of his role in this movie, but it's the exact wrong type of guy that I think maybe other guys took cues from for too long. Oh. The whole, like, if I'm just persistently, annoyingly oh. hitting on a girl, well, yeah. eventually I'm going to wear her down and she'll like me. Like, that kind of behavior is wrong, Is wrong, but mm-hmm. it's also, like, still a thing in some ways. I Like, I hope that we're, like, getting away from it and we have been getting away from it. Yeah. And I know in the Agreed. 80s and 90s they weren't as progressive as now, but, like, I think looking back at that, realizing, yeah, like, that's that's a really bad example, and I think a lot of guys took cues from that kind of character. Yeah, it's kind of like how they teach, like, you know, little little girls. Like, oh, he's just, he just, like, bugs you or, like, you know, kicks you or, or chases you right. because he likes you. And it's Boys like, Boys well, bully no. the girls that they like. like. That's not really accurate. No. <laughs> like, and that's not right. <laughs> and also we should teach boys not, not to bully to do that. Girls, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, teach them if you do like them in a different way, right? I've got a question, though, about Caroline, though. Caroline, that's that's yeah. my spiel about Ted. Okay. Um, But about Caroline. So Jake Ryan is dating Caroline. Caroline. And there's a moment earlier in the movie after... Jake has gotten that letter from Sam. Sam doesn't know she has it, but she's talking to her friend about how she loves Jake Ryan. And they're looking at Caroline in the showers. Oh, yes. And they're remarking about her boobs. Right. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Like, to, was... It, it, this feels uncomfortable to say, but, like, was breast envy a thing in high school? Oh Did God. girls pick out the other girls who got boobs and were like, wow, look at her. She got the boobs. So I don't think, well, you know what? I don't know. Because they were gawking at her in the shower. Yeah, yeah. So also, like, we never had showers at, like, for gym class, after gym class. So, like, that was never a thing. <laughs> um, but on the on that, on on your question, um, I don't know. Like, I was, like, I had boobs early. And so, oh, you were the breast envy. Oh no! Yeah, a guy actually dated me just because I had boobs, and nobody else had had boobs yet. I I I found that out. I found that out after. That's kind of horrible. I mean, that wasn't the only reason. That was a reason he dated me. Let's just let's just yeah. Let's roll back the tape. Let's just preface that. No, no. Did I say that? I think you said that. Okay, well, that wasn't the only reason, but it was Uh, one of the reasons why. yeah, that's really So funny. in your in your best guess, Sarah, do yeah. you think other girls were like, look at Sarah, she's got boobs? No, I don't think so. Really? Because it happened in this movie. I guess it did happen in this movie. You I don't know. Did you see anybody like spying at no. you? No. 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 <laughs> oh my God. You know, it was not the only reason, but it was one of the reasons why he <laughs> dated me. There's a pros and cons column. It's on the pros side. Yeah. Sarah's yeah. got boobs. Yes, exactly. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Did your high school have dances? 
Did like did you go to dance? Did you go to your high school dances? Did or your high school not have? No, dances? no, no. We did have. Oh some, my god! You high scared the shit out of me. It's like a running joke on this podcast that Sarah's high school is just. Oh, say it. Remarkably but... unremarkable. No, there are things like that's not true. I'll talk about how I have like oh in philosophy class, and Sarah will be like, "Your school had a philosophy class." I'm like, "Your school didn't have philosophy class." <laughs> like, okay. I find there are random little nuggets of information you're we're finding out from you that your school was just. Lacking in some areas is all I'll say. You had dances though. Can you confirm? Yeah, we had dances. Oh, we did God. have dances. I was worried about I remember you guys. going. To, well, we had semi-formal every year, and then we had like prom. But I mean, you only went to prom if you were in grade twelve or a date of somebody. I'm and then you living in that town from Footloose, where like this oh high school just God. does nothing. Okay. Sorry, okay. And going. then we did have dances. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like people would always leave to go for bush parties though. So. I don't know if that makes me sound like yeah. a little nowhere. <laughs> You're painting a very interesting picture of yourself. Oh, my God. Anyway, the high school dances were always fun. We got DJs, and it was usually in the cafeteria, and they Not clear as cool all the, as the tables. Not bush parties, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, there was alcohol at the bush parties. You could be in a parking lot. They were if not. there's alcohol, you're going to go there instead yeah. of the dance. So at this point in the movie... Um, Sam kind of sneaks off because she's upset with Ted. She's upset with everything. Her birthday's in shambles. She There's this scene where she goes to like, um, oh my God, tell me you guys had like a shop class. Yeah, yeah, we did. Thank yes, God. Okay. Yes, yes, she did. goes to like a shop class. There's a vehicle there. The top's off. And yep. she's shit sitting in this, <laughs> I almost said a different word. I almost said she's shitting in it. She wasn't <laughs> doing that. Um, she's sitting thing. in this vehicle and Ted comes over and they hang out and they chat and they actually have a very endearingly honest conversation. I'd freak if my family forgot my birthday. It's a brand new year. I'm 16. Everything should be platinum. I should be happy, right? Right? Yeah. Well, I can't get happy. It is physically impossible for me to get happy. Would you feel better if you knew one of my secrets, or? Don't gross me out. No, we're not talking gross here. No, it's just, I've never bagged a babe. I'm not a stud. <laughs> Sam is kind of, she's not like infatuated by him, but she's kind of impressed. Oh, wow, you're a real human. You're not just hitting on me all the time. But I will say, though, then he tries to get on top of her. Oh, yeah. And then she apologizes, saying, no, it's okay. Why does she have to say that it's okay? He's the one who did it. Anyway, that's the one piece that I was like, uh, no, that's not how that goes. Yeah, no, you're right. And then eventually they agree to just be friends yes. or whatever. But he does say, he's like, listen, I got to bet with my friends that I would get your underwear. Back Ugh. to the toxic behavior thing, whatever. But she agrees. She gives Ted her underwear. Yeah. Horrible decision-making process, totally. Sam. Why would you do that? Yeah, because they end up going and selling, like not selling it, but like selling the ability to see the underwear for a dollar. Well, yeah, later on in the movie, there's a bathroom scene Gross. where all the freshmen Ugh. are gathered in the bathroom and it's, I think, like, I don't know, five bucks a pop yeah, to see. I it's a buck. Sam Baker's yeah. underwear. Would you ever sell your underwear? Because I know like that that is a popular thing on the internet. I'm not sure if you're aware. The dark part of the, the internet. The very dark part oh, of the internet. Oh, God. People, mostly women, but I've also heard about guys, actually. I'm not even kidding. I've heard about a guy who sells his old boxers for like what? 15 bucks. 15 bucks? Oh, my God. Well, his That's it? His significant, other, his, his significant other, who is a female, sells her underwear for a much higher price. No. Oh, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah, absolutely. What? Would you ever sell oh, God. Um, undergarments? Um, 
No, I wouldn't. No, no. like there's no price tag. There's no. not a moment where you're like, <laughs> no. okay, at a thousand bucks, I'll sell it. Okay, is like, like, is it clean? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Why would they okay. do that? They can go to any store and get clean <laughs> underwear, Sarah. <laughs> gross okay then absolutely not that's no absolutely i guess that defeats the purpose the premise oh no no you wouldn't no oh my god i would you would i would sell my boxers right now yeah who cares i don't some guys gonna have or girl that doesn't matter to me whoever's gonna have fun if they're gonna buy my old boxers i'm probably gonna throw them out anyway let's make a little bit of cash off this oh but it's the thought behind it yeah, I don't think about that. Ugh. Some person in Albuquerque, New Mexico, having a great time <laughs> with my geez. underpants. I don't care. I'm never going to see that person. Oh, no. No, no. no, no. <laughs> You're a hard no on no, this. No, absolutely not. Wow. I'm a very hard no. <laughs> like, Stamp like it. my it's eyes that, are very no. big right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's never happening. Okay. So Sam Baker giving away her underwear oh. for free. That's a no-go for Sarah. Absolutely I don't even not. know why she decides to do him a solid by giving him her underwear. Like, just keep it on. So, yeah, Jake and his girlfriend, Caroline, or sorry, Carolyn, uh, they chat and they decide to leave the dance. Um, Jake's parents are out of town and Carolyn really wants to go back to his house to have a big banger. Nope. to ha- They really want to go back to jake's house to have a big party you can say banger yeah i know i don't know why (laughs) after the underwear talk it was really weird (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry sarah's so uncomfortable right now (laughs) no it's just like weird at the same time um sam and her family are having a dinner with the older daughter i think her name is Ginny. Ginny yeah Ginny. yeah they're having a dinner with the in-laws and with Ginny and her future husband who is the janitor in breakfast club really yeah Oh, cool. What, what's his name? Coplas? Coplas? That's his last name? Oh, okay. He's yeah. in the Breakfast Club. He's okay. got a pretty big role in the back Breakfast Club. Cool. And that's where we see, okay, like Ginny, her fiance, who's soon to be her husband. The, the Nothing about these scenarios works out. Nobody's really vibing with, with each other. It's very uncomfortable. It is. It is. It really is. We kind of get an, an inside glimpse of what her life will be like with Ginny's that family. Life, yeah. Yes. It's yeah. not fun. But this is an interesting part of the story because Sam kind of takes a back seat for the next 20, 30 minutes where it's just, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on with the party? Because then Ted goes with his two friends. Yes, to try to get into the party. And and there is a, a moment that made me laugh where he's like, listen, guys, we, we got some girls' panties in our pocket right now. We're bulletproof here. We can get in here. <laughs> and they do actually get into the party. They do. Yeah, so we're we're at the at the after party. And honestly, like, the house is a disaster. Like, what do these kids do at house parties? Like, it's disgusting. I've never – and, like, I, I went to, ho- like, house parties in university and in high school. Like, okay, this is a lot. You've TP'd the entire house with toilet paper? Like, come on. Yeah, you just don't do that to a, a person's house. No. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, like he's the, yeah. Oh Why my god. How old are we right now? Listen to us, oh Sarah. Anyway. How destructive were they to that property? How dare they? <laughs> oh my god, the police actually, should be called. Can actually, somebody get the authorities on the line? <laughs> you know what oh. I went to? I went to a house party one time. I think it was in high school. And it did not turn out well. Like it got really, really intense. The cops were called, but some guys who couldn't get let into the house, like they we basically said like yeah it's a no-go they started shooting fireworks at the house like with roman candles 
No, like real fireworks. Oh, wow. Like they put them in the ground and shot them towards the house. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really, really, really intense. I once got into a um, like a really crappy town newspaper oh. for uh, shooting Roman candles at vehicles. Devin. Yeah, I know. What? Yeah, to, to be fair, we were shooting the Roman candles at each other. Right. But it was on a street. Terrible. So there were the, a very quiet residential street, but at times vehicles would go by and they'd have a... And what, was a reporter hiding in the bushes taking notes? So I think the police got a few calls and then the police <laughs> sent out a release. Hey, can somebody talk about these friggin' idiot kids shooting Roman candles on these streets? How do you even shoot Roman candles? Don't, don't, do don't describe it. Never mind. D- yeah, yeah. You're stupid. Boys are stupid. Wow. Have you okay. met boys? This movie is a great example of boys. Ted, he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And not only yeah. that, Jake Ryan in the next few scenes starts taking advice from Ted. That's yeah. even worse. Yes. Okay, so but but before that, so Jake goes into his room and Carolyn, I don't know, she's doing her thing and the house is so, so busy. And Jake keeps calling Sam's house and her grandparents keep waking up to this phone that keeps ringing. Do you realize why that happened though? Why? So Jake grabs mm-hmm. a phone book, which is this wild oh my booklet God. that would have everybody's phone number in the entire <laughs> area that you're from. And remember, Sam Baker has her own landline. Yes. So he went into the Baker section, saw a Sam Baker, but his grandparent, her grandparents were in her room. Right. They were staying there. Which is why they were getting the phone call to her direct line. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, it was funny because the first time they pick up, they pick, it takes them a while to pick up. And Jake Ryan's kind of at the end of his wits, and he's like, oh, eat me, as he hangs up the phone, <laughs> as the grandma's picking up, so all she hears is eat me, and she hangs up the phone, and her husband says, what was that? And she's like, I think that was somebody asking for sex. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was laughing. I was like, that is, like, oh, hilarious. No. That's, ooh, oh and then boy. they And then he calls back, and they tell him off. Um, but yeah, and then his girlfriend shows up and gets her hair stuck in the door. And then her friends come, and instead of just opening the door, they actually cut off her hair. Kind of inexplicable, but uh, we'll go with it. Ridiculous. So after the dance, Sam's at home, and her dad comes by to tell her that they're sorry that they actually did forget. I don't know when it it popped in his head that they had forgotten about Sam's birthday, and that they did forget about it, and that that he's sorry. And then they have a heart-to-heart conversation about her love life, which I thought was really cute. So back at Jake's house... Uh, Farmer Ted is there and Farmer Ted actually gives Jake Sam's underwear. Yeah, but he also explains to Jake. So we had a really annoying moment earlier in the movie where Jake asks about Sam Baker. Yes. And Ted is like, oh yeah, she's with me, bro. No, no, Jake, she's crying for you. I told her you asked about her, right? The girl freaked. She had a hissy. She thinks you're the cat's meow. (laughs) Really? She came up to me in the gym tonight. She looked at me like I was a leper. Girls will do that, Jake, you know? They see, they know guys are like in perpetual heat, right? They know this shit, and they enjoy pumping us up. It's pure power politics. <laughs> so he redeems himself. Now Jake... Jake Ryan. God. What's... Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. That's driving me crazy. I keep on mixing it up. Jake Ryan knows... Jack Ryan. J- Oh, no, Jesus Christ. Jack. No, Jake, 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 Jake. I did say Jake, right? <laughs> you did. Holy God. Now I'm confused. Great show on Amazon, though. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Jack Ryan is a good <laughs> John show. John Krasinski yeah, does, yeah. does a good job. He does. Jake Ryan, he is now aware <laughs> that Sam 
likes him. And yeah. and Ted and Jake, they kind of have a little heart to heart. And Jake agrees, hey, like, you know what? My girlfriend has got to get the F out of here. Why don't you drive her home in my dad's Rolls Royce? Yeah, which is like insane. The guy doesn't even have his learner's permit and he is driving home in a Rolls Royce. Horrible decisions oh, all around in this movie. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> Farmer Ted takes her home in Jake's dad's car. Can we talk about how 80s rom-coms really make no sense sometimes? Like maximum unrealism. Yeah. We have the most popular boy at school. Finds out this unpopular sophomore likes him. <laughs> he immediately dumps his super hot girlfriend for no apparent reason to go after this sophomore he's never spoken to. And now <laughs> in that scene, he takes love advice from the nerdiest freshman. Yeah. What's happening here? It's uh, okay. an interesting story. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It uh, plays out to be weird. Farmer Ted drives to his friend's house uh, and gets them to take a picture in front of the car with Carolyn in the car. Um, the photo doesn't turn out, luckily, but I also, this was a little bit cringe as well. This part, I was like, no, not cool, man. Like very this, uncomfortable. This was uncomfortable. This is not cool. Yeah, so I'm happy the photo didn't turn out. Um, so the next morning, they're getting ready for the wedding. We're at the next morning. All of that took place the first day. Yes, the majority of the movie, really. Yeah. Um, I love how the dad said that they uh, that he paid seven grand for the wedding. And that if everyone doesn't make it there, including Jenny, the bride, he'd be pissed because he paid seven grand for the wedding. That's amazing to me. So I, I, I was kind of lost with what was happening with Ginny. I know she was um, hitting her time of the month and there was something with that. Uh, yeah, did she so take she like had, a Xanax? She what had happened? cramps, so she took a muscle relaxant. Oh, is that what but happened? But she okay. took three, so she took like triple the amount. Missed of, that part. Yes. Got it. So she... Uh, yeah, she is um, real messed up because she is way too high off muscle relaxants, really can't even put on her shoes, and it's a little bit of a mess. Um, yeah. Then on the flip side, Farmer Ted and Carolyn, they're in a, in the parking lot. They wake up in the parking lot actually next to her church. So they're all like very close together. It's all happening right now. Yeah. And Jake shows up at the house. The house. Like, like at Sam Baker's the Baker house. Household. Yes. Yeah. And Dong tells them that, oh no, Sam's getting married today. <laughs> and, and so Jake's like, What? Like, she's getting married? Oh yeah, yeah. Like she's getting married. And he's like, Oh my God, like what is happening? This sophomore is getting married? Like, what? What is happening? So then back to Ted and Carolyn. They actually are chatting in the car uh, that they slept in that night, and they actually like each other. Oh. Back to the church where uh, Ginny and her husband are now married. They're exiting the um Yeah, well, she was falling chapel. down she the was. aisle. She, she was sitting in random spots oh, yeah. in the church. She couldn't, even get, she couldn't even get down the aisle. But yeah. at this point, she's trying to jump and catch the rice as people are throwing rice at them <laughs> as they're walking down. She she tries to get in the car. She she gets into the passenger side, and her husband, new husband, have to has to take her out and put her back in, take the hat off. Oh yeah, it's just like it was so much. All the while, Sam is a is a bridesmaid, and so she realizes that her sister forgot her veil, and so she runs back inside and goes to get the veil. When she comes out, everyone is gone. Everyone is gone. Everybody has left again, forgotten Sam. Sam is just like always the one that gets the short end of the stick, but is always so, trying to be so nice. Except except. This is my best scene. Yes, yes. Jake is waiting for her outside the chapel, just for her. He's not just waiting for her. He is leaned up against yeah. a so fire engine red. I don't know what it is. If it's a Ferrari yeah, or something, it it's a beautiful sports car. It is 
that's a quintessential 80s rom-com it moment. Is, 100%. She comes out, there's nobody in the church except for the love interest. Yes, yes. Everyone else has forgotten about her except for him. Hi. 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 What are you doing here? I heard you were here. You came here for me. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Do you have to go to reception now? I'm supposed to. Can I call you later? Sure. I mean, no. No, I can't call you later? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not going to the reception. Oh, great. It was, that is, yeah, that's my best scene. Um, I just wanted to note the flower crowns kill me at this wedding. Oh, they were, I, I also noticed that too. I'm like, that's not a good look. That's. They were a thing though. Like, well, and so they clearly were a thing in the 80s, but I'm talking like a few years ago. Like they were an actual thing at weddings. Oh, I was going to say they were also a thing at music at festivals. Music festivals. Which... Yes, they were definitely a thing at music festivals. I have worn one at mu- music festivals. Oh, no. 100%. Yeah, it wasn't no, as big, Sarah. though. It wasn't as big. It wasn't as big. It was more just like a small, tiny little crown. Um, But pa- no, no. Hold on. Paint a picture for me. Mm-hmm. The best band you saw at that music festival Mum- was? Mumford & Sons. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> so we've got Mumford & Sons. Yes. I will wait. I will wait. And we've got yeah. Sarah dancing in the moonlight. <laughs> Yeah, with sixty thousand other people. With sixty thousand yeah. other people, but yeah. no, you're you are the star of the show here, obviously. And you're no. wearing a flower crown. I am. And what, I was. like a, a cute little sundress or no? I was wearing. I think I was wearing jean shorts. Did they have like Edison bulbs? They did. They had out. Edison oh bulbs God. from the stage all the way lined up part of the up to part of the hill and it was like really far, but it was an amazing experience. Of course, it was. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And then it ends with Devin's best scene. This is my best scene. So it, uh, I love this movie in that it all kind of, it, it comes together very quickly like a clap of the hands because very last scene is at night. We're somewhere. I don't know where we are. We're indoor though. And it's Sam Baker, Jake Ryan. There is a birthday cake in the middle of them. I can only assume it had 16 candles. Probably. It should have had 16 candles for sure. And above that cake, they both come together their lips touch. The first kiss happens. But the thing I love about this scene, and this is a big baller ass moment, it freeze frames. Their lips literally touch. It stops. Rolls right to credits. Such an eighties move. We yeah, we got like a second and a half of the kiss, and then nothing else. It's just and that's the movie. There it is. They kissed. Good job, everybody. Actually, I just thought about John Hughes' other movie, Breakfast Club. Yep. He's walking off yep. across the football field, mm-hmm. throws, throws his one hand, hand up in the air, in the freeze air. frame. Mm-hmm. He really hits those freeze frame He moments, does. He really does. Because it ends like that, can we make predictions Ooh. of how long the relationship between Sam Baker and Jake Ryan lasts? That's a hard one because he's a senior, so technically he's graduating, yeah. which means he's probably going off to college or wherever he wants to go after, sure. and she's still a sophomore, so she's got two more years after this year. So she maybe does. they have a summer romance, and then when he goes off to school, you know, they just kind of part and go their separate ways. Whoa, you're saying summer romance, then it's over. Yeah. It's over at school. Yeah. You? So classic Deb, I, I put a lot of thought into this. Okay. 16 months 
is how long they last. Oh my, is that okay? because it's called 60? So they should come out with a, a sequel called 16, 16 months. months. Well, no, but, but uh, you know what? Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I don't mind that because mine actually ends very nicely. So they continued to date through the rest of the high school year. I think we're led to believe it might be spring. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they spend the most romantic summer together. And then Jake Ryan goes off to college, very kissing booth-esque. And it's hard. He's out of town. Not too far, though. He goes to University of Illinois, which is about two hours from Chicago, which is where the Baker household is. They continue to date, mostly just through Jake Ryan's impeccable moral compass. He is, after all, Sam's first love. Oh, and he doesn't want to oh hurt my her. God. But as summer comes again and Jake Ryan returns <laughs> back to Chicago, he realizes he's holding her back. And she, him. So he tells her, you know what? This is going to be our last summer together. His unwillingness to fully let go means that he tells her about the breakup, but he just doesn't want it to happen just yet. Sam won't accept that, though. If you don't want to be with me, just go then, she says. And they break up. Sam, now becoming a senior next year, has full freedom and potential to choose whatever path she wants now. And Jake Ryan continues at the University of Illinois. Oh, my God. You've written the sequel. That's how it all ends. That's how I, I see it I ending. don't even know why we're talking about this one anymore when we should be talking about 16 months 16 sequel. months i think i think that's a nice way that the because they, they you both are hilarious happy, right that that's closure but it's good closure it was a healthy relationship they both got, <laughs> got what they wanted oh and now God. they're moving on both in better places you know what like i'm not arguing with you because like it's good you just put a <laughs> lot more thought into the question wow like i mean i'm i just want to clap for you this is Feel free. Yeah, I, I'll take claps. Here we go. Thank you. I, you know, you usually have one good moment in the pod, and this is it. <laughs> this was my one. No, I'm kidding. So if you're waiting for I'm another, joking. it's not going to happen, guys. <laughs> no, I'm totally you kidding. You might as well, like, I, I know you like quick facts. Everybody likes quick facts. Listen to that and then be done with it because I got nothing else. <laughs> oh, my else. God. That's, no, I'm <laughs> I've kidding. I've hit my level of one funny moment oh, this pod. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. You know, know I, that. And now are we on to quick facts? We are. Let's do it. Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald initially disliked each other, so John Hughes took them to a record store, and they bonded after they found out they liked the same music. One of the groups they liked was the Rave Ups, which Molly scribbled on Samantha's notebook. Of all the films Molly Ringwald made with John Hughes, she said, I had the most fun on 16 Candles. The movie's costume designer begged Molly Ringwald not to wear the hat she wore in the beginning of the movie. Ringwald insisted, and after the movie was released, teenage girls started wearing their hats tilted back like that. Viggo Mortensen auditioned for the role of Jake Ryan. Molly Ringwald has said that she really wanted him to play the role because he made her weak in the knees. He could do it, too. Yes. That's a good choice. I, I like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Laura Dern and Robin Wright auditioned for the role of Samantha Baker. Laura Dern. Yeah. I don't hate it. I see. I can't see it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Samantha's room was a set built inside the high school gym where they filmed the dance. Jed Watanabe says that gong sound effect wasn't included in the script. He said, I think the gong was something they added. Somebody must have had a few beers. Haviland Morris uh, didn't want to do the shower scene because the point was that she had bigger boobs than Sam and Randy, which she didn't. So they actually had a body double for her. Carlene Glein um, confronted John Hughes about the fact that the script didn't call for her to apologize for forgetting her daughter's birthday, despite the fact that her character was described as a good and attentive mother. Hughes agreed and added the scene where Brenda tearfully apologizes to Samantha for forgetting her birthday. 
Haviland Morris is actually a natural redhead. John Hughes only wanted one redhead in the movie, therefore she had to wear a wig. Molly Ringwald got to decorate Samantha's room uh, with items uh, from her own dwelling. They didn't have enough money for air conditioning uh, in the gym, so it was over 100 degrees during filming. It was so hot um, that some people had to change their dresses or their, um, their outfits throughout the takes. John Hughes cast Molly Ringwald after seeing her headshot. Inspired by Ringwald's appearance, he put it up over his desk and wrote the film just over a weekend, with her especially in mind uh, to play the role. John Hughes wrote the role of Ted Farmer, especially for Anthony Michael Hall, having worked with him on National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983. Jim Carrey auditioned for the role of Ted the Geek. Mm, don't love it. The same moving shot of the exterior of the high school was used for the beginning of this movie, as well as the end of Weird Science in 1985. The same people can be seen making the same movements in both movies. Whoa, that's strange. I know. They use the exact same shot. Yeah. Ooh. The Rolls Royce, which Jake lends to Ted uh, to take Carol- Carolyn home, was owned by a friend of John Hughes's father. It is a 1974 Rolls Royce Cornish Series 1 worth more than $66,000 today. Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall dated briefly in real life. They dated between this movie and The Breakfast Club released in 1985. Samantha's dad's car has a license plate V58, which stands for Vacation 58, a story written by John Hughes for National Lampoon magazine, which served as the basis of the screenplay for National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983. The original soundtrack was released as a specially priced mini album containing only five songs. However, the movie actually features an extensive selection with over 30 songs. Molly Ringwald's real-life sister, Beth Ringwald, appears in the film as Patty Baker. Similarly, in The Breakfast Club, Anthony, Michael's Hall, Anthony Michael Hall's mother, Mercedes Hall, and his little sister appear as his mother and sister in the movie. This was the final film for Max Showalter, uh, Grandpa Fred. The cafeteria scene is only included in the televised broadcasts and was never in the theatrical version, nor the VHS or DVD versions. I'm sorry, I guess there was a VHS version of this movie. Whoa. I was just going to ask, the cafeteria scene? Yeah. I don't, so we didn't get to see that in the Netflix version either. No. The cake that Jake, Ryan, and Samantha kiss over was made out of cardboard. When they tried shooting the scene with real cake, it would melt all over with the long takes. Sorry, the cake is cardboard. It is, yeah. No! <laughs> yeah. You're ruining this. I'm sorry, I'm ruining the magic, <laughs> eh? In late 2003, USA Network announced that a made-for-television sequel, to be called 32 Candles, was being planned, showcasing the original character 16 years after the original film. It was unknown at the time of the announcement whether any of the original cast members would be involved with the project, but it turned out to be unimportant since the announcement for the new film was never made. There were some cut scenes where Long Duck Dong and his sexy girlfriend go to a drive-in restaurant and cause a bit of trouble. These scenes were later cut, but it explains why there is a tray on the side of the grandpa's car. I was going to ask, actually. Yeah. Michael Shoflin was 23 years old when the movie was made. Haviland Morris was 24. Um, Ged Watanabe was 28. Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall were both 16. She was actually 16. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Everyone thinks Molly Ringwald was... um, John Hughes's favorite young actor, but all of Hughes's muses and all of the young actors he worked with, he worked with Mike, uh, Anthony Michael Hall the most. He worked with him in Vacation, Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, and Weird Science. Number two would be Molly Ringwald with Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Macaulay Culkin uh, was actually tied for number two as he was in Uncle Buck, Home Alone, and Home Alone 2. Wow. 
John Candy, though, appeared in more John Hughes movies than any other actor, starring and doing cameos in seven of them. National Lampoon's Vacation in 83, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in 87, The Great Outdoors in 88, Uncle Buck in 89, Home Alone in 90, She's Having a Baby in 88, and Career Opportunities in 91. John Kapalos, Anthony Michael Hall, and Molly Ringwald were all in 16 Candles in 1984, and then The Breakfast Club in 1985. Later that year, Anthony Michael Hall and John Kapalos appeared in Weird Science together. Hughes liked working with this stock company of young muses. Hughes was planning for Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald and him to team up again in Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller, and have the three of them keep making movies like this one, one after another, playing different characters and in different movies with all the same actors. But Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall had other plans. While Molly did appear in in Pretty in Pink, um, Anthony Michael Hall said no to the ducky role. He said this was due to a redundancy issue, that it was too much like the love triangle that they were squared off in in 16 Candles. Reportedly, John Hughes was hurt and never got over the grudge. He refocused on Molly, hoping she would star in Ferris Bueller and Some Kind of Wonderful, which again were teen movies caught in a love triangle. But at that point, after appearing on the cover of Time, Molly wanted to spread her wings and try other projects. Molly Ringwald and Hall's rejection of Hughes at this point hurt him deeply and in fact led to an end of his whole John Hughes teen movie genre. Without his muses to inspire him, Hughes lost interest in the genre and stopped making those movies. And in effect, the genre he had invented died at that point. In an op-ed piece Molly wrote after John Hughes died many years later, she compared this to Michael and Wendy Darling leaving Neverland and Peter Pan shutting down Neverland out of spite forever as a result. She said Hughes held a grudge against them for rejecting him and effectively stopped making teen movies altogether. He also never really spoke to either one of them ever again up until the time he died and never collaborated in any other movies. The John Hughes teen movie was dead. The studio had to edit out F-bombs to avoid an R rating. This is a rule by the ratings board, which still stands, that if you have more than two F-bombs uttered in the script, the movie gets an R rating, which is why The Breakfast Club gets an R rating, and this gets a PG. But on the flip side, underage binge drinking and a teen girl's nude shower scene remained, even though the shower scene was played by a nude body double in her 20s. Chicago sibling actors John and Joan Cusack appear in this movie together, as well as Say Anything and Broadcast News. Say Anything is the only movie where they play siblings. They also appear together in Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity. At the beginning of the movie, Molly Ringwald is filling out a questionnaire. On the top, the word, confi- the word confidential can be seen misspelled. The I and the A at the end of the word are in the wrong order. The song playing in the background of the dance is an instrumental version of the song Our House by the band Madness, which was released in 1982. Molly Ringwald and writer-director John Hughes share the same birthday, 18th of February. Honorable mentions. So you kind of mentioned him in your quick facts, but the fact that John Cusack is even in this movie I think is a big deal. He is my honorable mention. He plays one of the nerdy kids named Bryce. But this was actually only John Cusack's second movie role. Really? He was in something called Class the year before. So this potentially launched John Cusack's career. Not that he had a massive part in it, but still, like, kid got some screen time, and now John Cusack, like, especially going into the 2000s, was a big deal. Big time, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Wow. That's a quick fact for you. Um, yeah, this was the beginning of the Brat Pack. And earlier I said the Rat Pack. I totally meant Brat Pack. But anyway... <laughs> Um, this was the beginning of the Brat Pack, the beginning of the team rom-com movies that would be coming out starring Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall. They were so good. 
They were. They were so good. They were iconic. They yeah, were. Absolutely. What should have been? I don't have a what should have been. Never have Surprise. A I know. I know. I got to I gotta do better. So my what should have been is that Molly Ringwald, mm-hmm. I think, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. You can disagree with me. I think she should have had a better movie career. Like, she was oh, huge in yeah. the 80s and even into the 90s. But if you really dive into her IMDb, mm-hmm. something happened. And I think, I, I imagine if you, like, ran a computer simulation 10 times of, like, how big of a star will Molly Ringwald be immediately after Pretty in Pink comes out, this might be the one time where it's the strangest scenario that ends up happening. Did you know that she went to France for a few years and just made French movies? She's fluent in French. Oh, wow. I she had no went idea. To, if you look at her IMDb, there are, like, three or four movies that were done in France. Wow. She was also around the same time in a Canadian-American erotic film called Malicious in 1995. Right. Yeah. And then, so think about this. By 2001, she was in Not Another Teen Movie. She had a role in that. Mm -hmm. Her character didn't even have a name. She was just flight attendant. Okay. How does Molly Ringwald go from Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, to flight attendant person? What? What happened? I wonder, like, do you think that she was typecast? I think she was typecast. And I also think it's interesting because I think about, you know, the 80s and 90s, like those iconic female actresses, like a Julia Roberts, for Mm -hmm, example. mm -hmm. Molly Ringwald said no to that part in Pretty Woman, right? And she also said no to Ghost. Right. So I think, like, if she took Pretty Woman, think about how much different her career would have been. She probably would have played out much more like a Julia Roberts, who's yeah. somebody who's maintained her status as an A plus plus mega star over three decades, whereas Molly Ringwald just hasn't. Yeah, because she was she was in um, she played the mom in the Secret Life of an American Teenager for a few years, and then yeah, like and and I remember watching that show and being like, oh my god, is that Molly Ringwald? Like I I have those movies those cult classic 80 movies yeah on dvds and it it is interesting the way that her career did progress or not progress um you know by by declining john hughes and the track that he had kind of thought he could put her on you know i think she's right that to walk away from that type of movie um but but, but she said no to a few that right. were in the same right. vein and i yes. think she said no based on yeah. principle whereas yeah. I think if she had better people helping her make decisions, maybe, yeah, you know, you knows? could say, listen, Pretty Woman's just going to be a hit. You should just do this, just just to do it kind of thing. Yes. You probably would have launched for sure. Overall rewatchability. So I have chemistry. I think this might be too high, but I've got a 4.5 for chemistry. I've got a 4 for storyline. I've got a 3 for thirst factor. I've got a 4.5 for imagination, a 4.5 for soundtrack, and a... Five out of five for the cheese, because I did not find this movie to be too cheesy. I thought it was an appropriate amount of cheese, which is important to me. 4.25 out of five is my overall score for this movie. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, four. Storyline, three. Thirst Factor, 4.5. Imagination, 4.5. Soundtrack, five. Cheese, four. For an overall score of 4.16. So 4.2 out of five. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of... 16 Candles. If you are listening to us on Spotify, make sure you follow. 
subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you want to reach out, you can also leave a review on any of those places, anywhere that you can review podcasts. And also Instagram, at Romcom Rewind. We got a message from Chloe a little while ago. I recently watched the movie Two Weeks Notice, and it makes my blood boil. I hate it so much. Wow, that's an interesting take. When I found your podcast, I was very excited to hear your review on it because someone has to like it, dot, 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 right? I guess Chloe is assuming that we would like it. Two weeks notice. I'll have to check that one out. Thanks for listening.